It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in on a Friday, everybody. Uh, it is our 2023 Children's Miracle Network Radiothon. And uh, right here on 94.3, the game, the Patrick Johnson Show. It's going on until 6. Uh, talk 96.3 and 103.7, 107.9 WNCT and Oldies, 94.1 and 102.7. Uh, we are uh, raising money for the uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospital, ECU Health Maynard's Children Hospital, uh, with uh, nearly 200 beds and uh, serving kids uh, who uh, have everything from uh, just needing an overnight stay if they have a, a broken arm and have surgery to uh, some of the uh, Things that uh, every parent kind of fears, uh, but this is a hospital that uh, provides great care for them, and great um, and just great um, uh, compassion. Uh, what an asset! Uh, we welcome in as we get uh, started here, uh, urging you to donate. Uh, Elise Ironmonger with hello, hello. Uh, Children's Hospital. Hi. Look at that. We spared no expense today. Hello. The studio audience. I get to crazy. see you two days in a row. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? It's awesome. great to see you. Hey, uh, we're doing really well today. We finished strong yesterday afternoon. Yes, 48,000. Uh, yeah, got about to the halfway point of uh, our goal for this year, which right. is uh, to exceed last year's 107,000. Let me give uh, the ways you can donate. Uh, text ENC Kids to 51555. That's a good way to do that. Yeah, it sends the uh, donation link right to their phone. Awesome. And then you can uh, call 800-673-5437. That's 1-800-673-5437. Or go to 943thegame.com or any of the web pages for our uh, IBX media stations, and you can uh, click on the Donate Today button. So uh, we've had Miracle Families uh, in yesterday. We have some more in today. Uh, they're going to have the grand total coming up at 6 on 107.9, so uh, you can always tune over for that. And we'll have it on our social media for you as well uh, once the grand totals are, are in. Uh, Elise, great to, great to have you on again. Yes, uh, thank you. For those that uh, are with us on this Friday, uh, tell uh, everybody how today has gone and, and what we're exactly uh, trying to accomplish here in case you missed it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, today's been really, really great. We've had some really great um, people from over at the hospital come and visit today, and we had one of our miracle children, um, one of the preemie babies, in today and you know i this i've been doing this for 10 years and every year i learn new things about you know what we're providing and what where these dollars go um we had someone um in that was in charge of the transport team over at the children's hospital today and you know i know that you know we had um purchased a transport truck with cmn dollars um that was about two hundred and forty thousand dollars um but she kind of went into more depth today about the helicopters and how 
um, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we have that special transport truck and it's basically a NICU on wheels, you know, a neonatal, neonatal intensive care unit on wheels. But a lot of the times it's the helicopter that's going to get these kids because we know that every single second counts. And I didn't know that wherever that helicopter is, so say that helicopter, I think they said there's like eight, six or eight different bases where the, where the helicopters mm-hmm. are. And if, you know, one, you know, helicopter is called from one of those bases, they come back to the hospital. Like if there isn't one here at our base, they come to the children's hospital and pick up that special team that, um, you know, is goes with the transport team. They pick them up here and then go to any of the regional hospitals to pick up a child. So say there's a child down in Craven County or Carteret or Onslow mm-hmm. and they're born at one of their local hospitals or they get hurt at one of their local hospitals and they're like, we, you know, we need to send them to ECU Health because they're the facility that can help them. That team will go and get that child and keep so even them if it's alive. Not an ECU, yes. if, even if it's not an ECU Health yes, Hospital. Wow. Yes. She's like, yeah. those are our kids and we will go get them. You know, if they're, you know, basically east of I-95, you know, eastern North Carolina, they will go get mm-hmm. them, and they've got everything. And she basically said their enti- all their supplies, all of their equipment is basically purchased with CMN funds. So can you imagine if they didn't have that? Like, that just, like, boggled my mind. And, again, I've been here for a very long time, but I didn't realize kind of the depth of it. And so her interview was so cool um, to just kind of get that, that different perspective. And she said back in um, 2021, they had done, like, 200 transports. Last year, they did 800 transports, Um, you know, again, which is just insane. And so every single year, I think she said, you know, she's she's had about a half a million dollars of our budget um, went to went to her team, um, obviously, because the you know, their the need is growing. And and, um, it's so it's just amazing. And 100 percent of the funds that are raised. Um, at this, you know, radiothon goes towards things like that to save. And then, like we said, every second counts. Um, those special team, you know, that team, you know, I learned today that they have to have two years minimum of critical care experience with, you know, pediatric patients, a minimum of mm-hmm. two years. And because of the funds from CMN, they've been able to add a respiratory therapist to their team. Um, so, again, every single year we're able to add on to that team, add on to their equipment so that they can go out into the region and get those children and bring them back safely in transport. Yeah. Isn't that uh, and awesome? the money, no, it's amazing. Uh, I, I, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think that is a, a great uh, piece of perspective. And, and folks, I'll, I'll tell you this as well. These, uh, the, the, this hospital, uh, the Maynard Children's Hospital at ECU Health, serves. 29 counties mm-hmm. uh, in, in eastern North Carolina. So uh, if you are listening to us, uh, you know, wherever our signal reaches, and it's not, it's just not Greenville kids who right. are able to be, I mean, it's, it's really, truly children from all over the region. Uh, 100% of the money you would donate today would go to, uh, stays right here. It doesn't go to administrative costs or anything like that. It nope. stays right here. A hundred percent. You could go. Yep, you can go to 943thegame.com uh, or any of our websites and donate. Text ENC Kids, ENC Kids to 51555 or 800-673-5437. Let's uh, get the phones ringing so we can uh, finish strong here uh, today. Uh, there, there's state-of-the-art equipment that uh, this hospital hospital uses. The money goes towards that. Uh, I'm just going to read off a few of the things here. Uh, Elise, and, mm-hmm. uh, if you'd, uh, you know, just maybe fill in the blank. The, 
And correct me if I pronounce anything incorrectly. I am not a medical uh, doctor. By I just play one on the radio. Uh, Panda iris bedded warmers. Yep. Yeah, those are for um, for in our in our women's center. Um, again, not in our NICU or anything like that. But again, it keeps it's a special bed that keeps the babies warm um, when they're born. You know, right there at the bedside, so they don't have to leave the mom. I mean, something as simple as that. Right. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we've talked about this before, but uh, the ECMO pump. Yes, the heart and lung bypass. That's something too. Again, that's been purchased since that. You know, since I've been here in my ten years, and I kind of realized back that like if a child had needed that, um, again, it, it kind of lets their hearts and their lungs um, rest so that they can heal. Um, if a child had needed that when I first started working here, they would have had to go two plus hours away. To receive that. And so, and again, now that we have that here, these kids can stay local. Um, you know, I talked a little bit yesterday about our brand new PICU that we renovated. Um, there's a whole special room now there for that ECMO machine. Um, I think it was Elijah yesterday um, who came in. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the one that um, had a really bad case of RSV, which, you know, has been a, it's been crazy, you know, rampant this season. Um, and he ended up having to be on ECMO for 11 days. Um, he, he was his, you know, lungs and heart just needed needed a time to rest, um, and it was just really touch and go there for a while. But that machine saved his life and kept him alive for those 11 days. You know, the doctors were saying we really want to try to keep it under 12 days, and he was able to get off of it on that 11th day. Oh wow! Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Elise Ironmonger is with us from uh, the Maynard Children's Hospital. Advanced Isolep. Yes, yeah, those are. Um, you know, I was talking about that the transport team. Some of the Things that we've um, funded for both the transport truck and the um, helicopter are, are those special isolettes. Um, and I think that she said today, you know, when I asked, like, those are about $140,000 each. Um, and it's basically kind of a, a little NICU bed on wheels. Um, and so, like I said, you know, they've got those outfitted in the truck, um, you know, whenever they need to go get a child. But if there's a very severe, um, you know, incident or, or case, um, like I said, that helicopter will go pick up the team and the team grabs those mm-hmm. isolates and wheels them on the helicopter. She said there's not a lot of room <laughs> when they when they mm-hmm. do have to bring that on board, um, but they make it fit and they all get in there. They take that isolate, you know, and go pick up that preemie baby if they need to. Yeah. And then one other thing, uh, again, this is the state-of-the-art life-saving uh, equipment that's used to treat uh, children when they're not well. In mm-hmm. Eastern North Carolina, the yep. nitric oxide blender. Tell us about that, Elise. Um, that one I'm not as familiar with. Is, is there a little description on it? it? Says the nitric oxide blender is used to provide better respiratory support to our tiniest neonatal patients that have a weak heart and lung capacity. Yeah, so. that's probably a piece of equipment that's that's in our NICU. Um, and again, because ah. when these babies are born, they're born so early that you know their skin is so paper thin, and their some of their organs just oh, aren't yeah. ready to work yet. And so something like that can help them breathe and can help their um, you know body grow um, until they're ready to go home. If uh, you're someone that maybe doesn't have children, uh, you know, you may. You, you certainly know somebody who has had to to use this hospital right. um, for, for maybe something like RSV or right. or something else, or you have grandchildren. I mean, the point is, you know someone that this hospital has helped and helped uh, greatly, a family that it has uh, affected. Uh, at least one of the uh, stories we're going to have here 
uh, is Madeline Brewer. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Madeline? Then we're going to play that here for the folks, the yes. vignette that Dylan McKay's put together. Yes, yeah, she was born um, prematurely at 27 weeks. So for the you know folks that may not know, you know, 40 weeks is a normal gestation, um, and so she she came early at 27 to 27 weeks, and so she spent almost three months in our NICU in our neonatal intensive care unit. Um, and, you know, in that unit, um, every single baby has a special bed, um, and CMN has purchased those beds, and they, they cost anywhere from thirty to $40,000 each. Um, and every year as technology, you know, increases and develops and changes, we're able to replace those beds um, so that each new baby like Madeline has the best technology to keep them safe. Because, again, when they're born that early, they're, they're, um, their skin, you know, loses its um, moisture. So the, those beds are um, designed specifically to create the perfect um, humidity level for each baby. Um, they're, they're just, they heat three different ways. They heat from the bottom, they heat the air, and they heat from the top. Again, to get that perfect environment that kind of mimics the womb because they were born a little too early. And so those beds really, um, you know, help keep them safe as they're growing until it's, you know, safe enough for them to go home. Uh, let's listen to uh, Madeline's story right now. Hey, I'm Megan Brewer. And then I'm Tyler Brewer. And we're the parents of Madeline Brewer. 24 weeks was in April, but the month prior in March, I was put on blood pressure medicine. They wanted to recheck in a month. So we went in and we did an ultrasound, checked my blood pressure, did blood work. The ultrasound showed that she was measuring in the 7th percentile for growth. And so anything less than 10, they considered to be severe growth restricted. So we also did blood work and that showed that I had developed preeclampsia. So we were referred to the um, FMS, which is the fetal maternal specialist here at ECU. We went over there and we did another ultrasound. And after he looked over everything, he referred us straight to the hospital. labor and delivery, not sure what the plan looked like as far as if we would deliver then, if we would wait it out. Um, And so from there, we did scans every day. Our goal at first was to make it to 32 weeks, and then that changed to 28 weeks, and we made it to 27 weeks and four days. The scans that they were doing daily were to look at the blood flow um, because the cord had periods of absent blood flow, and once it turned to reversal, that was when it was time to take her out. She weighed one pound, eight ounces, and she was 12 inches long. Uh, It was a turn of events pretty quick. I was a little scared, worried. I didn't really know what to think. It was kind of living on the edge. They put her in the isolate to keep her warm. Her skin was like, they compared it to like tissue paper, like very translucent. They had a camera over her isolate, and so I could log in at any time 
and be able to look at her, you know, make sure that she looked okay in there. Um, and that was just a peace of mind for me because Tyler can vouch. I would just wake up randomly in the middle of the night sometimes and would look at the camera just to make sure, hey, you know, I, I, she's still laying there. She's, she's still good. kind of make you feel like I feel like I was family with some of them um the team that she had I can't say enough good things about the care that not only she received while being there but me as well yeah they they did a very very good job everyone is just so involved and they're knowledgeable on so many different levels these babies that are in there fighting for their lives are depending not only on the care that they're receiving from the doctors and nurses, um, but the equipment that's provided to do the various different things in order to make sure that they will survive, whether it's a head CT to make sure there's no blood clots or um, a chest x-ray to look at their heart and the valves are working properly. If you're going to give to something, let it be something that's not only going to feel good about giving, but it's going to make a difference to these miracle children that are in need. months old. She is doing great. Hey, this is Megan Brewer. And this is Tyler Brewer. And we are the parents of Madeline Brewer, and we believe in miracles. These are amazing stories, and it's amazing work that is being done at our children's hospital here in Greenville for children all over eastern North Carolina. It is our uh, annual radiothon for the Children's Miracle Network and ECU Health Maynard Children's Hospital. Uh, donate by calling 1-800-673-5437. You can text ENC Kids to 5155. Or uh, go to 943thegame.com. There's a donate button there that uh, you can uh, contribute. Uh, we have a goal of uh, $107,000 to match, uh, actually exceed last year's tally, and we are uh, getting closer and closer, and we need you to, 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 again, no amount of money that you would donate is too small. Uh, whatever you feel compelled to give and can give, uh, please do. Uh, for this uh, tremendous resource, because you never know. We hope you will not have to do this, Elise, but, uh, right. you know, we, we, we know that, look, some of these children we've been introduced to or have talked to this time last year didn't think they would be miracles. Right, they had no clue. So you clue. just never know. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Uh, so uh, please give uh, what you can uh, to this uh, extremely, uh, extremely important uh, part of our uh, the health of our community. Hey, uh, Elise, great to see you. Thank you. You do a great job oh, with this. You. you and Rhonda and everybody does, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, these two days are around our uh, our company, yes. and uh, 
you know, I'll I'll say this uh, again: the more popular Ironmonger, in my opinion, well, is thank uh, Elise. You. Thank you, thank yes. you. I appreciate. I actually that. had you... somebody, I had somebody yesterday say to me, uh, I that they were, oh, that's Charlie Ironmonger's wife. I said yes. I like her. So they, oh, they were, they were impressed you. with you. Oh, they were I don't get that you. a lot. Thank you. Yes. Aww. You're a big radio star now. Oh, you're well, a big radio star. Very much. Yes. Flip my hair. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Elise, thank you for coming by. It's always great to, uh, to see you, and uh, uh, we will uh, do our part to continue to push this till 6 o'clock. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. So we certainly hope that you will donate and uh, be a part of this great uh uh, movement here today for the uh, Children's Miracle Network and uh, Maynard Children's Hospital at ECU Health. Uh, we'll pick things back up with the Patrick Johnson Show, talk about uh, what's going on tonight in uh, Pirate Nation and get you set for uh, all the goings-on this weekend on the other side of this time out. Middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. If you know your eyes in the morning sun, I feel you touch me in the pouring so say a uh, bold choice cookie. What, you don't like the VGs? It's a little unique for Friday afternoon sports radio, I'll say that. Uh, no, I'm a huge VGs fan. Don't be a hater. There seems like there were other things maybe a little more upbeat you could pick. For, no, I think, uh, I think the people will appreciate some good Friday VG vibes. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. Uh, that is, uh, the, uh, and I do mean this, that is the one and very only uh, Chris Cookie Cook <laughs> producing. Woo! Uh, and uh, we thank uh, Elise Ironmonger for being in. Uh, Brian Mull's going to be with us in just a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Final Four, and uh, he's going to be covering the Masters. So uh, he'll leave uh, for that, I believe, someday. And uh, we will uh, talk with Brian next week as well from Augusta National. Uh, we got Pirate Baseball tonight. They're going to open the season uh, as far as uh, AAC play goes, conference play goes, at Houston. They're there for Final Four weekend, so it's a busy time. Uh, Texas has got a lot going on. It's got the Final Four. They had the uh, White Sox and Astros opening up yesterday. Uh, they've got, uh, of course, the Pirates are in Houston this uh, weekend playing baseball. I think the women's Final Four is in Dallas. And then uh, there's a PGA event in uh, San Antonio. So a lot going on in uh, Texas uh, this weekend. Yesterday, uh, we did not get to – oh, 7.15 tonight is the airtime for uh, the pregame show for Pirate Baseball. And the first pitch, 7.30, Scotty Rogers on the call tonight. Scooter will be there in Houston uh, as the Pirates uh, look to bounce back from that uh, midweek loss to UNC Wilmington. Pirates have been great on the weekend, 16-1 and on weekends, so we'll see uh, how that goes tonight. Uh, you can hear the game right here, and we'll have it for you on our social media uh, as well, at 943 The Game on Twitter and 943 The Game on Facebook. 
Uh, Cookie, uh, we did not get to our baseball picks yesterday. We were so busy with uh, everything going on. Uh, so I've got those now. Oh, so got we right up ball, here with me. I, I, so we're on the ball. I'd say we get Pilkington on, but I, we're not on, that on the ball. So I'm just going to read these off. Okay. Uh, do you want to start? Do you want to start with yours? Yeah. Now, last year, Cookie, I, I infamously picked the uh, Reds to make the wild card, and they went something like one in fifty to start the season. Now they played better after that, but they had some horrible start, and that was a very bad pick on my part. So, oh, okay. Uh, give me your yeah, not good. Give me your picks uh, for who's going to win the divisions. Who's going to win the wild cards in both leagues and then your World Series? Go ahead. All right. For the AL, um, my divisions, I've got the Astros, I've got the Tigers, and I've got the Yankees. Okay? Mm-hmm. For wild card, I've got Blue Jays, Red Sox, and White Sox. Moving on to the NL for uh, the conferences, I've got uh, Nats, Cubs, and Padres. And for the wild okay. card in the NL, I've got Cardinals, Brewers, and Phillies. And uh, for the final, I've got Brewers and Red Sox with the Brewers taking it all. Okay. It's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting, Cookie. Okay. I kind of want some of my buddies' like, favorite teams, like hoping they would do I something. I understand. Yeah. No, I, I you, you picked the Cubs, so I, I don't I, – I'd said be happy if like the Cubs. Yeah, Phillips said you would I, get a kick yes. out of that. All right, speaking of Philip, he goes Astros in the west of the AL, the Guardians, and they can't get used to that, Guardians in the central, Yankees in the east, Jays, Mariners, and Rays in the wild card for the AL. In the NL, he goes Braves in the east, Cardinals in the central, Dodgers in the west, Phillies, Padres, Giants in the wild card. Dom picking the Astros in the west, as did uh, Joey Football in the east. Dom's got the Blue Jays. Joey, a Yankees fan, picked his Yanks. Guardians in the central of the AL for Dom. Joe picked the White Sox in the central of the AL. Yankees, Mariners, Red Sox are his wild card selections for Dom. For Joe, it's Mariners, Guardians, Rays. Uh, in the east of the NL, both guys picked the Braves. Both guys picked the Padres in the west, Cardinals in the central. Both guys have the Phillies making the wild card. Both guys also pick the Dodgers and Mets. Uh, I, the great P-man, have the Astros running, winning the West in the AL, the Guardians winning the Central. I have the Blue Jays winning the East in the American League. I have the Yanks in the wild card, the Rays in the wild card, the White Sox in the wild card. So I, I kind of differ from everybody there but Cookie. Uh, in the National League, I got the Braves winning the East handily. I've got the Cardinals in the Central. That pains me. By the way, it pains me to pick the White Sox, too. Uh, the Padres winning the West. I go Dodgers with the wild card. I go Mets with the wild card. I go Phillies with the wild card. I go Dodgers over Yankees in the World Series. Phillip goes Dodgers over Astros. Uh, Dom goes Braves over Blue Jays. Joe goes Cardinals over Astros. And Cookie goes Brewers over Red Sox, which seems like a very bold choice. So, Cookie, that's interesting. When I get them all right, y'all are going to be crying. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie, you did... You did pick FAU to go to the Final Four. I did, and let's not forget Super Bowl, okay? Yes. The score score and the winner. Yes. The exact score and the exact winner. You sure did, Cookie. You sure did. And and let the record show, I had Cookie's cookies, uh, Cheeseheads, his Packers, winning the Super Bowl. That was was a bold choice. That was a very bold choice. choice. 
That wasn't a bold choice. That was a bad choice is what that was. All right. Um, we got uh, a lot to get to here still in the show today. Uh, and, uh, again, we've got Pirate Baseball tonight at 7.30 right here on 94.3 The Game. I didn't realize this till I saw something on Twitter today. It is WrestleMania weekend, Cookie. Oh, yeah. And they do this over two nights now. Are you watching this? Because from where I sit, this just seems like a one a one match show because nothing else on there is in the least bit appealing, and they're going to do it over two nights, and it just seems bloated and massive and too much. I will be. I agree with you. I'm. I actually am pretty excited about Reigns versus Cody. Uh, I will stick in for like the legends. You know, there's always a few legends appearances. I'm actually watching it with your man, the great uh, B Baby Ben Byram. Okay. Well, you guys keep it above board. I'm not sure right? what that means, but I'll try. No, just just keep it you know, keep it safe. Okay. You know, just uh, keep it keep it between the navigational beacons. Oh no, you know it gets wild control. for WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania. <sighs> yeah. Um. Final four this weekend as well. Uh, we've got San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, for entertainment purposes only. Aztecs now a two and a half point favorite. One thirty one and a half is the total. Uh, not quite half the bets are taking the over. No movement there. Uh, Florida Atlantic plus 130 on the money line, and uh, that's uh, gotten 31% action on FAU. UConn Miami five and a half for the Huskies. No movement there. Uh, money's a, a slightly in favor of UConn. 51% of the money on the Huskies. The total opened at 148 and a half. Is now 149 and a half according to MGM and 79% of the money's on the over there. Canes are 200 on the money line after opening at 195. And, uh, they're getting some pretty good action on that. So, uh, I like San Diego State and UConn and I think UConn wins this whole thing at the end of the day. I'll be rooting for Florida Atlantic, but I think it goes, uh, the way, unfortunately, of, uh, the UConn Huskies. All right, uh, and, and I do think tomorrow night is the the semi, second semifinal is essentially the national championship. Okay, uh, let's break, and when we uh, come back, uh, Brian Moll will be with us to wrap up the show. Cookie's going to have an update, and he'll have that for you on the other side of this. This is Chris Cooker with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. The East Carolina track and field team is set to host the ninth annual Bill Carson Invitational today and tomorrow at the Bate Foundation track and field facility. Pirate Baseball opens play in the American this weekend with a three-game set at Houston. Airtime at 7.15 with the first pitch at 7.30 right here on 94.3 The Game. Duke will return one of its top playmakers to the hardwood next season. Big man Mark Mitchell has announced that he will be returning for his sophomore season in Durham. The NASCAR Cup Series drivers are rolling into Richmond this weekend for the Toyota Owners 400. Tyler Reddick is looking to win his second straight race following last Sunday's victory at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin. North Texas wins the NIT, beating UAB. Both teams are heading to the American Athletic Conference next season. So is FAU. Florida Atlantic will play San Diego State in the Final Four tomorrow. Miami and UConn also meet for the chance to play for a national title. That'll do it for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with an interview with Brian Mull on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. 
The Luther Vandross version of One Shining Moment. Brian Mull, I'm sure at one point, has uh, jammed out to this. He joins us on the telephone. Uh, Luther, you can't go wrong with Luther. Here we go. I mean, you can't beat Luther Vandross. Well, you can't. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't ask me to accompany Luther, but uh, <laughs> I spared the, the, your great listeners that uh, moment or two in time. So I guess that was probably that would bad. not have been one shining moment in time for sure. <laughs> uh, the great Brian Mall at BG Mall on Twitter is getting ready to leave for uh, Augusta, Georgia, to cover the l- little tournament we like to call the Masters uh, next week. Brian will be checking in with us. Uh, at some point from Augusta National next week. Uh, very excited yeah. about that for you. Yeah, the Invitational. If there's a sense of humor, Mole, do you pair live guys with certain PGA guys? Well, they're they're not going to pair all the live guys together. Right. Um, they're not going to allow them to go out there and have a threesome of you know, put the uh, the the goats or the flat sticks or you know together at Augusta National so there, there will be some intermingling and uh now will it be Rory and Reed or Kepka well nobody wants to play with Patrick Reed let's let's <laughs> that remains to be seen right um no they don't we'll have, they don't we'll have the traditional pairings of course uh Scheffler will play with the reigning Right. U.S. Amateur champion and things of that nature. But uh, look, over the course of four days, I certainly expect some of the live players to play well. And um, no, yeah, Saturday, no. and, Saturday no. and Sunday, you're paired by your score. So uh, the weekend could make for some fascinating pairings if you're uh, interested in that sort of thing. All right, let me uh, let me back to uh, get back to basketball here. This will be Jim Nance's final. Go round uh, as the announcer of the NCAA tournament of the Final Four. There was an odd article this morning that I read where he said one of the things that led him to this decision was when he was in the city of the Final Four, everybody was coming up to him and asking him about the Masters. And then when he was at the Masters, golfers just wanted to talk about the Final Four. That seems like an odd reason to give up that gig, but whatever. I think he just wants to spend more time in Augusta. You I know? do, too, I yeah. Think, I, yeah. I think having to do that game on Monday night and then not getting on a plane until Tuesday morning and arriving midday, uh, he misses out on really what is an, just such a unique part of that week, the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday relaxed vibe where you see pretty much everyone who's who in the game of golf spanning the last five, six, seven decades. And I think he, he misses rubbing – rubbing shoulders and a a couple of meals there in Augusta and um, probably just uh, at his point in his career, he's seen it and done it. And why not go out in the city where uh, his whole career uh, kicked off as a, as a college student. All right. Brian Moles with us at BG Mole on Twitter covering Augusta next week uh, for uh, various outlets. Also, uh, we've been talking to him all season long about college basketball, and it uh, all wraps up this weekend. 
with uh, this final four. Before we get into the matchups, it's not this is not a plucky upstart kind of final four. I mean, UConn has won four national titles. They were in the preseason top 25. Uh San Diego State was in some people's top 25 in the preseason for much of the season. Obviously, Florida Atlantic's won a ton of games, and then Miami was a top 15 team in the preseason. So it's not like these these teams have just are, are totally way out of nowhere. Exactly. And this was a year that I think, and, and I said on this show many times, and others agreed that there were not dominant teams uh, for various reasons. And there were a lot more good teams because of the extra year of eligibility and the transfer portal. And there were a lot of teams who had, uh, you know, in that mid-range that normally would not be national championship contenders who had filled the gaps that they needed and, and were able to put a team on the court that could compete with anyone. And uh, we saw uh, certainly with a lot of the top seeds falling early in the, in the tournament that uh, it just opened up and look, these teams have all answered the challenge in front of them. I mean, Houston was a team that we talked about many, many times as being a clear favorite to almost uh, took it as assumed that they would reach the final four. And and Miami just came in and, and just absolutely, uh, you know, that was no upset. They were the better team. And uh, Florida Atlantic, uh, after, you know, everybody felt like, okay, they had their little run and got to the sweet 16 and, now they've got to face big bad Tennessee and, and, and they imposed their will on Tennessee and, and beat them in a slower game. Uh, so I, I think when you look at we, what we've seen in the playoffs of professional sports and even this tournament in recent years, it's often about the teams that get hot at the right time that, that already had a solid base, have excellent coaches. And, and that's what we've seen in this final four. And it's uh you know, it's probably not one that's going to win the ratings game, but I think it's it makes for some fascinating matchups. Well, I'll, I'll say this again. If you like college basketball and you like sports, I mean, you need to watch this this weekend, number one. Number two, who gives – I mean, if, if you're a fan, who gives a damn about the ratings? The only people who should care about the ratings are CBS and, and Turner. You know, that's that's the only people who should no, be no worried doubt. about the – why is everybody all hand-wringing over the ratings, people who don't even understand ratings? I'm in the industry, and I don't 100% understand the ratings sometimes. Ratings are never probably going to be what they once were for many reasons, and um, let's just enjoy it. This college basketball is a niche sport. This is its big presentation, the Final Four. This is it. We've got three games left. Let's enjoy the games. I think we've uh, we've got some very competitive, compelling matchups and storylines really uh, coming from all, all four uh, fan bases. All right, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State with Brian Mull. We're going to get into it here. Uh, Aztecs open, point and a half, now two and a half by most books. 75% of the money on San Diego State in that. Um, we ran through some of the numbers a little earlier. So tell me a little bit about uh, just your thoughts. Let's get into just actual analysis here. What you got? I mean, this San Diego State team is the worst offensive team and worst shooting team to make the Final Four in my lifetime. Uh, generally, the, the upstarts who have made it or, or the unexpected teams who have made it have done it by finding a level of offense that, that was good in the regular season and then they've just elevated it. The San Diego 
State team has just done it completely on the defensive end by absolutely wiping away the three-point shot, which is a big part of FAU's arsenal. Um, Contrasting styles, FAU wants to get the game going up and down. They have a ton of very good perimeter players. They're deep. Uh, San Diego State wants a grinder. They want it to be physical. They want to force you to play in the half court, and they were able to do it against the team, Alabama, who was the number one overall seed and probably had the best transition offense in the country. So by that assumption, they should be able to do it again. But you just never know on this stage. You've got a lot of players uh, who never played in a game of this magnitude. Uh, Brian Dutcher, of course, has some experience in the final four, but uh, Dusty May does not. So that will be interesting. But I think both teams will be very prepared. And, and really it comes down to me, can San Diego State continue to just eliminate the three-point shot by their opponents as they have done so well during this tournament? But, I mean, this is a team that's 223rd nationally in effective field goal percentage and 75th in offensive efficiency, and that's just those just aren't numbers that we see uh, ever this time of the year. But they've certainly found a way to get it done all season. All right, um, second game tomorrow night: UConn and Miami. Uh, UConn five and a half point favorite. They open. That's where they are now. Money's about even on uh, both. So, uh, how do you see that one tomorrow night? Let's get some analysis. UConn has been the most impressive team in the tournament uh, by far. Uh, they have just obliterated three consecutive top 20 teams in St. Mary's, Arkansas, and Gonzaga. But now they're facing a Miami team that has the best starting five in the country. Um, you know, the way they came back and beat Texas – like we mentioned, the way that they just absolutely put 89 points on a Houston defense. You know, they've scored 85 against Indiana. They scored 88 against Texas. This game's going to have some pace. Uh, both teams can put it on the board here, but I, but I think UConn gets it done. I, I, I think it will be closer than the five and a half. Miami's been one of the best underdogs in the country for the last two or three years, and they've certainly continued that through this tournament. I don't expect that to change. But I think UConn is the best team of the four remaining. They've been – I thought they were the best team in November. They, they had a little bit of a lull there during the conference season. But they've just got so many different weapons. They can beat you inside. They can make the three-point shot. And uh, I, I just think UConn's depth is the difference here. Miami's one – you know, if O'Meara gets in foul trouble, they're going to have a hard enough time handling the two big guys inside for UConn. If Amir happens to get any foul trouble at all, I just don't know where they turn. All right, who do you like in the games, Brian? Who's playing Who's playing for the right to cut down the nets? I think the Aztecs' defense, toughness, maturity, rebounding is enough. I, 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 we've just seen teams struggle to shoot threes in these big arenas so many times, and I don't think they have to have the threes and uh, they've got a big advantage inside. So I think San Diego State wins the first game. UConn handles Miami in what should be a great game up in the 70s or 80s, and then UConn cuts the nets on Monday. Oh, wow, going there, okay. Uh, is the second game the de facto national title game? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 um, nothing against those other teams, and, and certainly uh, incredible what Dusty May has done at FAU, the way he's built that program and, and uh, changed that program forever with this type of season. 
but uh, I, I just feel like uh, whoever wins out of the, uh, that UConn-Miami game is going to be uh, most likely the favorite. Uh, Miami City or State would be a pretty – would probably be a pick em, uh if, if they played on, on Monday night. Um, but uh, UConn would be, a, would be a significant favorite over either. Yeah, agree. Um, who you got? Uh, who, who should we be looking out for at Augusta next week? Let's get that before we say goodbye to you. Well, it's a short list. Uh, Tom has told us uh, that uh, if you don't have your game when you arrive at Augusta National, you are probably not going to find it on the grounds. Uh, the last nine winners were all ranked in the top 25 in the world. Of course, the world rankings don't mean what they once did, but they all – all of the recent champions have come in showing some excellent form. So, uh, you know, it, it's the obvious candidates here. Uh, there, there's not going to be a surprise winner at Augusta, especially uh, the golf course is playing long by all accounts. There's rain in the forecast for throughout next week at, at different times, and it's going to be a ball striking. Uh, the, and the best players in the world are the best ball strikers. Uh, so I think Scheffler has an excellent chance to repeat. He's been there and done it. I like Cantley. Cantley is, uh, has hit the ball as well and, and, and added some length off the tee here this season and hit the ball as well as anyone. Uh, he, he's had some success at Augusta. He had the lead briefly in 2019 on the back nine when the year Tiger won. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, some other guys kind of going down the list a little bit are, are Homa, I think, uh, has not had a lot of major success, but I think this could be a, a good breakout for him. Uh, of course, I always like Xander Schauffele uh, because of his all-around game and certainly his Masters record. But I'm fascinated to see what the Live guys do. I mean, there's been some comments this week about how they feel uh, motivation to prove that they, their skills have not eroded while they've been playing on that tour. They, they, they're representing themselves and that tour. There's 18 of them in the field. There's a past champions, certainly, uh, and guys that we could certainly expect to contend at like Dustin Johnson and maybe even Patrick Reed. But uh, Cam Smith is a guy that I would keep my eye on. I mean, let's not uh, – if he won, he would have the last two major championships. Brian Mull, uh, have a safe trip to Augusta. We'll catch up with you next week and enjoy the final four games tomorrow. Okay, everybody have a great weekend. We should all love somebody like Mull loves Andrew Shuffley, shouldn't we? All right. Uh, hey, great job today uh, by the great Chris Cook. Thank you, Cookie. Uh, also, uh, thanks to Brian Mole for being with us, and thanks to Elise Ironmonger. You can flip over to 107.9 WNCT for the grand total of our Radiothon today. Uh, you can get that dollar amount, and you can also uh, check out our social media. In fact, we'll be uh, having social media coverage for you all weekend, ECU football scrimmage tomorrow, and uh, Pirate Baseball tonight, which will begin at 7.15. 7.30, first pitch as ECU opens the League play tonight, the defending uh, regular season and tournament champ ECU Pirates will open up at Houston. So uh, we'll see how the Pirates do tonight. We'll have all the games for you this weekend. I'll be on ESPN Plus uh, the next two days, tomorrow at 5 and uh, on Sunday at noon for ECU softball at home in their conference uh, home opening series against UCF. Have a great rest of your weekend. Be safe out there, and uh, we will uh, catch you on Monday in the morning on Talk of the Town uh, here at 5 o'clock on the Patrick Johnson Show with Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin and a preview of the national title game in this weekend on The Plus. Have a great